everyone, and welcome to the Pixels and Ink podcast, episode 347. I am your host, Jordan Biorti, and joining me today on the podcast is the excellent Chris DeHoog. Hello, hello. I'm a little self-conscious about talking now that uh, <laughs> we had some technical issues beforehand, and Jordan was assuring me that my voice sounded two octaves lower than normal, but... Uh, Dana also confirmed this, so <laughs> it's, I don't know what you're getting at here. <laughs> I don't know what you were... It's targeted aggression against bases, I don't know. Uh, listen, it's just, it, it wasn't normal, and it was bothering me, okay? Like, it just... <laughs> It was unnatural. It was like my like my ninja character, right? Like it's when it's when it's cartoonishly high, it's it's jarring, unless you you know have an animated character put behind it. But what is, <laughs> what, is, what isn't jarring and unnatural these days, anyways? Right? Yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> further evidence that uh, reality is untethered, and we're all just <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was that was that was the glitch of the matrix. It revealed itself ever so briefly. <laughs> And I was, oh. and here I was being like, "You're fucking gaslighting me." <laughs> oh, I'm honored to be the singularity. I guess that, <laughs> that yeah, starts the, too, the spiral. The of... <laughs> so it's just it's just us boys today on this podcast, and uh, it's gonna be a good time. Before you know, before we get into it, I uh, I just wanted to I wanted to take a second to to reach out to you, the fans, the listeners. Um, and uh, and you know, ask because this you know I, I, the the podcast is uh, not that it's not that it's bad. It's just it's not it's not going as far as I think it could. So I'm calling on you guys, the listeners, spread this pod before we get started. Spread this podcast as far as you can. Send it to your friends. Post it on Twitter, on Instagram, on wherever you would post it that would make people see it, and uh, and help us help us uh, grow our audience a little bit because we sort of sort of fell off in uh, in recent years just with. Uh, you know, shifting people and and whatnot, and um, so I wanna wanna I wanna do better. But in the same by the same token, uh, anyone who's any any listeners who are listening to this, I wanna try and open up the floor. Also, something I've been uh, I've been thinking about to to you guys. So if you have any questions, comments, anything you want to write into the podcast, you can email me at Jordan Biordi B I O R D I at cgmagonline.com and I will try to answer as many questions or read comments that you have as you know as long as they're positive <laughs> well, we'll I'm see. joking I'm joking be uh, yeah oh god uh, sorry <laughs> I just punched just got so excited I punched my microphone um yeah so let's 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 uh let's make that happen I want to make this a little bit more interactive I think it'd okay. be fun and uh, in the same vein, too, leaving podcast reviews on the service that you listen to them on, like on, on Apple Podcasts or um, Spotify, Spotify or Spotify's review function. I'm not actually sure. Um, yeah, I don't, just, I don't use it. Just leaving reviews on, on your video podcast does a lot to get them more visible to more people, which helps grow the show. So those are always yeah. appreciated as well. Let's let's uh, let's let's get it done. But with that, let's uh, let's dive. Let's dive into the news. So first thing we have to do is uh, is issue an apology um you know i uh uh i don't like you know i i i'm a man of uh, of, of much pride i will say this but no i'm never i'm never one to you know back down when i end up with a little bit of egg on my face and f- and find out that uh that that certain things you know that i that we thought was good were, were happening weren't actually happening so we need to say 
a, a, a fond sorry to Sony because it turns out they are not shutting down the PS3 and Vita stores as we once thought. <laughs> well, they were going to, and they changed their minds, to be fair. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's not like we were wrong or we're anyone was wrong about drop, it. Chris. <laughs> build a suspense. Just just don't build just don't don't take it all on, on your shoulders, Beardy. It's it's fine. Uh, you know, I just uh <laughs> I, I, I feel like that I, I don't know, that podcast felt like it was a long time ago, but I feel like I was really calling out Sony on that one. Um well, to to their credit, uh, Jim Ryan in, in in the statement this week said that they were listening to the out to the outcry, the uh, the fan response to this, and probably watching uh, sales charts skyrocket as people uh, panic bought. But uh, they they decided to actually listen to the the people on this one and reverse that decision. So the PS3 and Vita are not closing down, but the PSP will still be shutting down because I mean, good riddance. It's, it's, it's like sixteen it's, years old at this yeah. point. Like let it go. It's the PSP. I mean, come on, who's who? Who even owns one of those stupid things? I I, I still do, but come on, I don't use it, but I own it. There you go. <laughs> I don't use it. It's just you know, it's it's just a paperweight at this point, but it's more useful that way. Until they pour Crisis Core, I need it. <laughs> yeah, I you know what? I I will admit it. Actually, it makes me a little bit like it makes me a little a bit like nostalgic for my old older consoles, man. Like. I got my, I got the, uh, I have my first gen, well, it's not, it's not really, it's not my first gen, um, 3DS. Right. I, I went through, like, every version of the 3DS, pretty much, right? And, uh, and once I got my Switch, I actually ended up getting rid of my 3DS. I had the, uh, I had the 3DS, the new 3DS, and I realized I was just like, I'm not ever, like, playing this thing, like, so I, I got, I got rid of it like to get like some like switch games right and then sure enough i needed it when uh when luigi's mansion got remade on the 3ds and i had to review it so i just bought my old my buddy's old like first gen 3ds and it's like honestly like i you know i i, I always had like some intention because i never got rid of any of my games right so i always had intention to get to get a 3ds like once again just like you know down the line right um but yeah like just like thinking back on it man like you know how how like how how novel the ds and the dsi like and you know the ds light were they were neat systems man it's, it, it kind of makes me sad to just to only have the 3ds now yeah I'm i mean like I, 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 I personally don't get rid of my systems for this reason right like um back when i got the ps1 uh my brother and i sold our nes and our game boys and all the games for it and in the end it barely helped us get metal gear solid so we sold yeah three systems and all the games and like microplay barely got us like one game back in return and afterwards i was like damn we shouldn't have sold that thing because <laughs> there's no. such good stuff for it i was i was really stupid like that too because there was a there was a game shop that opened up in my in my hometown and they they like this was and this was like years and years before an eb games would show up so they they actually kind of operated like a pawn shop where they just gave you straight up cash for your games so like you know I'm like a you know a 13 year old kid who doesn't really like have you know a concept of like like you know monetary value, <laughs> and I'm getting rid of stuff like yeah like Pokemon like red and blue and yellow oh god you know and I'm just like hey, my Game Boys and these these guys are giving me like okay yeah we'll give you five bucks for this game and I was like whoa five bucks cash <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh... I spent literally all of it on Max Payne two. 
Uh, Which I don't regret. That game was actually really good, but you know that was a, it was a lot to trade in for Max Payne too. But yeah, it's like was it good enough for all that value? Uh, probably not. No, <laughs> but I <laughs> again at this at the time I really loved Max Payne, so I was just like, yeah, this game rocks. And then looking back on it now, the the the. The value of it was, yeah, no. I mean, the, the value of one of those games now is immense. Like, I think well, now I, have, right. now I have them on my 3DS, so it's just like, you know. But, yeah, I mean, it's not the, the same as the card. Scales get balanced. Uh, they're pretty much the same. You could still do the Mew trick. There's there's a certain charm to the old stuff. That's why I keep it around. At, yeah. At the expense of storage space. Um, it's fun to move when I have all this stuff, but. Well, and this 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 was sort of like leading me to to the point I was gonna make about this whole like um, PS3 like Vita, uh, like I guess like continuation of the storefront, right? Like, because on the one hand, you know, I I I I'm kind of with you on that, like you know, not like getting rid of consoles, um, for the sake of like yeah, like collector's value, and 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 I I like I I sort of I sort of realized it like way back like many 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 years ago. When I was like, again, I was always trading in stuff to EB and then kind of like regretting it later and going back and like buying it again. I went through a cycle with with Animal Crossing on the GameCube where like I'd play it for like eight months, get tired of it, trade it in. And then like like a few months later, I'd just be like, man, I really wish I could play Animal Crossing right now. And then I'd go buy it again, play it, get tired of it, trade it in. Like and I just went through this this vicious cycle with it. Um and then I realized it was sort of at that point that I realized I'm like, you know what? Like, the, yeah, like trading games is stupid. Like just keep them because at some point like you're gonna want to play them again like um yeah, and, and backwards compatibility isn't always available like i mean microsoft's the only one doing it because they have to but um yeah i mean like backwards compatibility with sony is limited to what they like what they put digitally on the ps3 from ps1 to ps2 like the ps classic stuff well, I didn't. wasn't uh, wasn't one version like the original version of the PS4 backwards compatible with like the PS2 and the PS3, but then all the later models they like got rid of that feature. I, I don't think the PS4 ever was. The PS3 was originally backwards with the one and two. Yeah, like they were like the the fat version or whatever they call it. But uh, I, I don't think PS4 ever was. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm thinking about the PS3. I just I, I could have swore it was like the first gen of ps4s were like backwards compatible with the three but then then they again like it was the same thing like with the ps3 right they sort of patched up but i i'm probably wrong about that um but that yeah that, that's also my point right it's just like I, you know on the one hand there's like there's the collector's value of keeping old consoles but on the other hand it's just like you know when you have like limited space and and like limited availability for stuff like it it's like sort of like 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 value analysis where it's like you know i still have my wii u because you know, it's backwards compatible with the Wii, but I also have my Wii because it's backwards compatible with the GameCube, right? So it's like those right. are the only reason I'm keeping those consoles. Like I would if 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 I did, if I had one of the Wiis that yeah that weren't uh, backwards compatible with the with the Cube, because I know I know like later models of the Cube of the Wii also too. Like they got rid of that oh, did they? that feature. Yeah, like not just not just like the mini Wiis, right? Like there were also like there was like a second gen like of Wiis that looked the same like as the like original one, but yeah. they just didn't have the ports for like the the like GameCube controllers that they weren't backwards compatible. Oh, so like, yeah, like this, like if you know if I had one of those ones and I got a Wii U, I would have got rid of my Wii no problem, right? Because I was like, why would I keep the system when I have another system that plays both, right? Right. So yeah, I kind of get that, like. 
you know, in terms of like, um, preservation of like media. So it's, it is, it is probably like, you know, a net positive, but I, I, I still kind of stand by my like previous statements where it's just like, you know, these are old consoles and old services and, you know, like Sony as a company has to sort of like value like what it's worth to keep these things open versus like how many people have these systems and how many people are actually like using them. And yeah, like the, the, the response must have been big enough, especially for the PS3 because it does so much. Um, yeah, like it, it, it must have been quantifiably and obviously huge response, like for, for them to, to to go around on this because like people have been accusing Sony of being out of touch, right? And especially with that talk about the Last of Us remake and all that stuff, like people were kind of shoving down Sony's throats. <laughs> and... That was so. I was as soon as I saw that because I had no idea that was a thing. I got on Twitter and I was just like, like, could they remake two instead to be a good game? <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be nice. Oh man, let's uh, let's dodge that. <laughs> yeah, particular let's, let's, not, let's not get yeah, let's not get back into that one. Um, well, I don't know, but at the same time too, it's like yeah, like you know, that's that's kind of what makes me like wonder about it because even if the even if the outcry wasn't that like huge, right? Like like as long as it was like vocal enough, you know, maybe they just did it to like garner goodwill with the fans. I mean, like you look at you look at all the people who are like so like vocally angry about animal crossing every time they like put out a tweet but you don't see like nintendo friggin' like kowtowing to everyone of their demands well i mean like they're arguably like of the big three console makers they're arguably the ones who listen the least because they can kind of just do their own thing <laughs> yeah it's true like, well, they're the king of the mountains they don't give a shit what you think like they're, they're just, successful they're either way stuff. like they, they, they could fail for the next 15 years and not give a not give a single care but um, well at the same time too you know i mean like i it, part of me part of me respects that because it's just like you know it, like like making video games is an art right like it's like like when you when you cater your art to be like so like pleasing to every single person it's just like what are you making now this is just designed by committee like nintendo and their developers they make the games they want to make and they don't give a shit what people think like it's like if you don't like it don't play it if you like it play it like it was like it was like that thing that kojima said uh i don't know if you remember that that interview he did when when pt was like floating around Hmm. and uh and, and he was talking about like how scary he was planning on making the game, like where like he he basically said um, he's like we we wanted to make a game that was so scary that you would like piss your pants, but then we wanted to go a step further and make a game that was so scary you'd shit your pants. <laughs> um, and then the guy the interview the the interview asked him like, well, like aren't you like if if you make a game this that's this scary, like aren't you afraid that like people aren't going to play it and. And it's going to affect sales. And he literally just said, I don't care. Like, I don't care. If you don't want to play it, don't play it. Like, I'm making the game I want to make. Like, I made me like you're solid. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, it's just like, you, like, like these guys, are as much as it's a, as they are like businesses, they're also like creatives. Like, they're creators, you know? So it's like, they can't just be like catering every decision to what people want. And that's, that goes the same with the, on the business side. Like, if it doesn't make sense to keep this, the, keep, to keep these platforms open, like... Just because, you know, 
well, yeah, like the PSP, like even even the PS3, like we're on the PS5 now. It's like, what are you going to be? We're going to be on the PlayStation 6 and people are going to be like, no, don't shut down the PS3 store. <laughs> I still use it. It's like 20 years later. Get, get, time to move on, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, there, there will eventually be a time where it's just you not know? tenable for them to keep. Time's air only moves forward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, just add, to add the backward compatibility to the PS5s already. The- yeah, I'm sure that's what I mean. I'm sure that like this that'll uh, oh yeah already they, they they've they've got much more things to add to the PS5 before backwards compatibility, <laughs> such I mean, as content and platforms to make available to the public. I mean PS3 or sorry PS1 classics and PS2 classics that should be easy to get on like that should not be a big deal to get onto a new system but no 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 absolutely not stuff like that is what i'm talking about like that's the easy stuff to carry forward hell make a line of ps3 classics and start carrying those games forward put the original little big planet on people's ps5s yeah or just or you need just or just have a killer app like you know like nintendo you know they didn't really they didn't really need to worry about backwards compatibility with the switch like because they had zelda and zelda like Breath of the Wild really carried them through those first couple of months. Oh, definitely, yeah. That uh, that was smooth sailing. You know what I mean? Yeah, they did not need, and but also they they like again they had a solid business plan in place with the Switch. They had one like first party Nintendo game coming out every month for a year when the Switch launched. Like, had Sony done that with the PS5, then like nobody would have been barking about um, backwards compatibility because nobody would have cared. I mean, I you know, you and I are still in the no PS5s club, but uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, I have a feeling no one's going to be complaining in a few months after E3. Like, I think they're going to they're sleeping yeah, but, right now. But you know, but they, it, same thing with the PS3, right? They they, they they were sleeping back in the PS3 era, 360 overtook them for a while. Even I, like, I, I'm a big Sony person, and I held off on the PS3 for a long time. Um, I never, then, I never, never got one. Oh, really? No, because uh, like, like, yeah, like, you know, I was just about to say like when, when it came time to get, but you know, between like the PS3, uh, the Xbox 360 or, or like even like the Wii, I mean, I got a Wii because like, because everyone had a Wii, right? There were, there was such a, such a novelty at the time. Um, but like, you know, we were, you know, I, as, as much as I liked the, the PlayStation 2, you know, like we did, like, we definitely kind of moved away from Sony and moved towards like Xbox. So we were kind of like Xbox boys for a while. Um, but like when it when it when it came like the real like to like the realistic side of it, like I was seeing what was on the PS3 and I was like, oh, this thing looks really cool. But also at the time, it was like almost like nine hundred bucks for a for a first gen PS3. Like when they first launched, like they were like crazy expensive. Kind of like PS5 being seven twenty five in Canadian after tax. Yeah, exactly. So like when the Xbox three hundred and sixty came out, it was only like yeah, it was something like maybe like 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 three fifty. Like when it first launched, like even like four hundred dollars, like which was a little bit more like a little bit more like justifiable, you know, you save up some birthday Christmas money or like at the time I think I had, I was working too. So I had like money kicking around and uh, yeah, like that was the whole reason. I just, I just ended up getting an Xbox because it was, it just made more sense to get it. And then like 90% of the stuff that was on Xbox was also on PS3. So I was just like, well, why am I going to get a PS3 at this point? Right? Like there was enough good stuff on, on the Xbox like that, that I, that I had, had uh had enjoyed like 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 halo yeah and like gears of war and that's about it really i mean bioshock was on <laughs> xbox for for quite a while before it went to went to sony yeah that was the thing like 360 had a few exclusives up front but then once ps3 got going it was like well this is all you know halo 3 and 
gears they all kind of blend together especially gears one and gears two like i played the, played them both to death and then was like wait a minute this is just <laughs> these are the same games <laughs> <laughs> you pulled the label off it's just this it's like a sticker on top of the one <laughs> basically yeah <laughs> old man gears one but i will say that um speaking of the systems that i'm holding on to my xboxes are not holding up nearly as well as my playstations oh no no, like my, my original Xbox, I pulled it out recently because I wanted to check my old Jade Empire save. Um, I was talking about that with a friend, and I was like, I forget, I forget so much about this game. So I, I booted it up, and my disk drive on my old original uh, translucent one, the, the translucent green Xbox, yeah. uh, the, the disk tray kept popping open. And, oh, shit. And I, I had to like turn off the system and hold the tray closed and then unplug it really quickly before I could put it away because it just kept popping open and like rebooting. Um, and, my, and, and my 360, I was trying to, first of all, download the original Mass Effect, and it was taking forever, with even with a good internet connection, and it would get about 80% through the download and just crap out and start over. Um, and then it, it also wouldn't play games from discs. What the f- what and the f- it's, yeah, so, the, but meanwhile, my PS3 is still chugging, like, I still use that a fair amount down in my office. Yeah, you know, it's so, it's so crazy to me to think back that, like, there was a time like where people were just like fairly accepting of the fact that like the the original line of Xbox 360s had like an 80% failure rate or something like that like <laughs> something ridiculous like, yeah the whole thing about the red ring of death like like it, it's like it's like like the way people would just like riot about something like that nowadays versus like back then where it was just like you know you bought a 360 and it was just like yeah there's a chance that this will crap out like you just gotta roll the dice on it and then you get it back and it might still crap out yeah like you said it to, to xbox you know they'd send you back another one and yeah again there was another chance that it could still crap out on you it's just it's crazy to me that that was just something we were just acceptable like like we just accepted like I don't know. I don't know why we lowered the bar of, of standards for like video games so low, just o- over the course of time. Like probably because it was uh, cheaper than the PS3. At least you know it wasn't like like I said, the 360 was pretty competitively priced. So maybe you just didn't. Well, but I mean, like think about like now, like think about all the people who are so like vocally upset that they're like filing like class action lawsuits oh, God, yeah. about about Joy-Con drift, and it's just like. You know, there was a time where your system would just break, and I don't remember anyone filing class action lawsuits against Xbox. It's <laughs> a very good point. It was just like, you know, it was, it was like it was like Bethesda. It's just like, oh, silly Microsoft. This is just one of their quirks. They'll give you a busted system. <laughs> oh, Cyberpunk 2070. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. Uh... No, this is something different. I just I just googled it. Supreme Court says game over for Xbox 360 console defect class action. There were 55,000 complaints to Microsoft about disk scratching. No, no, that was a thing too. That was a thing that just happened. Like if you had yours, because the, the, the friggin' Xbox was designed to either be like standing vertically or horizontally. Right. And if you had a game running in that system while you like moved it over, it would just fry your disc. Like it would just ring the disc and that, that game was unusable. I mean, to be fair, it's never a good idea to move a system if your disc is spinning. But... No, but you think that like there would be something in place that would hold it just in, just in case something happened. Like what you're like, you know, if your dog comes by and knocks the system over by accident, like <laughs> it just, just fries your disc. Like, 
now. <laughs> That's just gone. like, and again, like, yeah, like that was just like, there was like, there was nothing you could do. Like that was just, that just happened. And you, had to I mean, you could be, the game again. you could be shysters like me and my brother were, and you know, <laughs> I probably shouldn't even say this because I'm going to incriminate myself. What's the statute of limitations on this one? I don't know. Um, okay, let's say that I totally didn't um, buy. So, so I believe it happened to a copy of uh, of Assassin's Creed, and uh, and uh, we definitely didn't go to Walmart and buy a new copy of Assassin's Creed and like surgically remove the the packaging so as to like not like damage it. And then we definitely didn't put the broken disc in the box and then like reseal it so that it was like perfect. And my and my brother like totally didn't like like basically like use a lighter to like melt the plastic so it looked like it was sealed. And then we definitely didn't um bring it back to Walmart and we're like, oh, you know, this this game, like, you know, we got this one, but like uh it wasn't the one we wanted. So can we just, you know, can we just like return it? Like we have the receipt and everything like here. And uh yeah, we definitely didn't do that, but Walmart totally uh, gave us the money for it. That's there's a lot of ethical quandaries in that one scenario, and I don't think we, we have time to get into all. Of them. <laughs> I, I, oh, I mean, we didn't do it, so I mean, uh, well, uh, hypothetically, hypothetically, if we had done if it, done that, that would have totally worked. And <laughs> I mean, I thought you were going to say Blockbuster for a second, but Walmart. No. I mean, I took advantage of Blockbuster in a lot of ways, but they're done, so I can I can tell my I, I've told that story before. Where yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, we, yeah don't, we, we don't need to incriminate yourself twice. Well, I mean, but they're they're defunct. So what are they going to do? Sue me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are they going to do? They can't do nothing. They're 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 six feet under at this point. It was the and last Blockbuster in America going to call me out on this? And you're now on a watch list, anyways, from the story. So <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. how much worse could it be? I can't go into a Walmart ever again. <laughs> well, no loss there. It's crazy, man. There are so many times I've gone into Walmart. Like, I don't feel bad because it's Walmart, but like there are so many times that I've gone into Walmart. Um, I mean, like I remember one time, like I was, I, I went in there uh, to like to to do some like little like just like light grocery shopping. So I brought my like backpack so I could like you know like because I was like it was like a you know a, a good like fifteen minute walk from like where I was living to to the Walmart. Mm. Um. But I also had bought some Amiibos, right? So, like, I was, like, I didn't, I, like, I had, like, a little basket because, like, you know, just to grab groceries, I, like, I wasn't getting all that much. And I had the Amiibos in there as well. So, I was, like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to be able to fit all my, like, the, the, the groceries in this basket with the Amiibos there. So, I took them out of the basket and put them into my backpack and then just, like, closed up my backpack. And then when I went to the checkout, like, I was checking everything out. You know, and I kind of like uh, it was the self checkout, and I kind of like stopped and like you know, and obviously you know, opened my backpack and, and paid for the amiibos. But I had that one second of thought where I was like, you know what? Like I could have probably like so easily just walked out of here with amiibos in my backpack, and nobody would have known, and nobody would have said anything. Like because like I was buying stuff too, right? So I paid for the groceries. Like they wouldn't have called me on it. This is starting to feel like a Joker origin story here. Like, we're that close. <laughs> I was one bad day away from crimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's just it would be it would have been so. It's just, there's so many times that I've gone into like Walmart and just been like, this. It just would have been so easy to just like steal shit, and you know, I guess because I'm I'm chaotic neutral enough that I won't do it, but like. We should move on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's move on. That was that was a solid 
solid tangent, solid half hour. <laughs> solid five <laughs> minutes of recrimination. Uh, so, uh, yeah, moving on. We also got the news that uh, Jeff Kaplan is uh, leaving Blizzard for unknown reasons. Surprising. It's a shock. Like, he's such a fixture of, of Overwatch that uh, I'm shocked by her the news. Uh, so I guess I guess this means that he probably won't be on the team for Overwatch Two. Well, I mean, just besides the work he already put in on it, I'm like I'm, I'm sure he's got a big foundational role in it. But uh, moving forward, yeah, from this point, yeah, I mean, maybe he was maybe it was just his uh, maybe it was just his time. I mean, you know? I, I I I get that. You know, <laughs> wants to keep working this age. I mean, but at the same time, I also you know, am uh, am pretty. You know, there's there's a lot, there's enough evidence to suggest that uh, Activision Blizzard is a pretty crappy place to work. So I wouldn't be surprised if he left because he just maybe got sick of the corporate culture. You know, the way that uh, Bobby Kotick has no problem, you know, laying off like, you know, sizable percentages of staff while still taking million dollar bonuses for himself. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, Jeff's. I I just checked. Jeff's forty eight. I mean, that's a good time to to go out and retire early. I think. Well, even if he if he moved on to just like other like like other like a different studio or like, you know, start something independent. You know, even if he was yeah, just like an independent like contractor, like to contract developer. Like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like you know at least speaking for myself, I you know it's. I don't think I don't think anyone likes to get stuck in that one like specific role like to be known as oh that's the guy who just did Overwatch like uh, you know I'm sure he's got other like ideas or like other things he wants to try but yeah, you know like, he, he's he's like a meme at this point like he, like he always started the streams off with something like oh it's Jeff from Overwatch or something like, like that's that was the reaction I kept seeing online was Jeff from Overwatch is leaving company. Like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm more than just the game I worked on. Yeah, and exactly. He, he was with Blizzard for 19 years too. Like, you know, maybe he's we're, like we're seeing this a lot with a lot of other people in the industry. They want to go and do something smaller. Maybe he'll do, you know, maybe start his own little indie studio or something. Yeah, that's it's 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 what you it's what we've been seeing a lot recently, right? Like, yeah, these like big figures at like um, bigger companies stepping down, like um. Oh my god, I'm blanking on her name. The one who left uh, Ubisoft to start her own company. Oh, uh, Rose. Oh no. Um. Yeah. Yes. Was the, was the was the studio she called like it was like Rose something? Uh, I forget what it's called. I don't know why the the, the name Rose st- stuck out of my mind for a second. Um. But yeah, like that, right? Like people kind of just moving on to do their own stuff. I mean, yeah, like most most notably too. Like as much as it was it was on bad terms. Like you you have Hideo Kojima as well, right? Like right. You know who who. Maybe yeah, like just when you when you get past all that sort of like like bureaucracy and red tape of like these publishing companies that you can sort of like go off and, and do your own thing, you know. Do you genuinely think Konami would have let Kojima make Death Stranding? Oh God, no! Ha- having having not at all played it yourself. No, oh, just just the concept. <laughs> yeah, knowing their financial situation too, like all the restructuring they're doing, it's. Uh... Yeah, Dude, how, how, yeah. How worried are you for that? For that? Uh, did you? Oh no, you didn't watch. Did you actually end up watching the indie showcase? Uh, last week's like Nintendo one. Yeah. Uh, just bits and pieces. I didn't watch the whole thing. Um. Oh, did you not? So you didn't see that one game? Um. 
uh, what the hell was it called? Uh, um, oh my god, what the hell was it called? Uh, Getsu Fumaden, Undying I Moon. Heard a little bit about that. Yeah, that's the one that's um, that's the old NES game that they rescanned. Yeah, is it? Was it? Was it an old NES game? Yeah, apparently in Japan for the for their broadcast of, of the indie showcase, it was like the one more thing uh, video, and it's an old. Uh, let me pull up the. Are you this. sure? Yeah. I'm not seeing this at all. Hold on. Making stuff for you to edit later on. Getsu Fumaden. Um. Well, yeah, but well, that was the thing that I saw. Um. That was like I saw. I, you know, I was watching the trailer for it, and I was like, "Oh, this looks really cool." And then at the very end, when it had like the title card, and I saw Konami in the top corner, <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I was like, "This, it's Konami. They're gonna find a way to ruin it." <laughs> well, you know, it's an old NES game, so maybe there's. You know, like Are you? Because I just googled uh, Getsu Fumaden NES. And I didn't see nothing. It, maybe it's 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 a weird. Well, you know, it's it's Japanese. It's the Romanji. Oh, here it is. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I've seen the Romanji spelled a few different ways, so maybe it's just a hard Google search. But uh... oh, you know what? The, I was I messed it up because I had uh I had like Undying Moon also in the in the right. title. Okay. Okay, that's kind of neat. Did, did, did Konami make that as well? I believe. Oh so, yeah, yeah, I guess I did. Yeah. Yeah. Getsu Fuma Den, yeah. So I mean, like that—that that in itself kind of seems a solid bet, you know. Depending on how good the original game was, like I never heard of it before. That like last. No, week. yeah, I didn't hear of it either. So, but again, like it's like you know, you can't compare you can't compare eighties, nineties Konami to present day Konami. It's uh, it's a difference. Different yeah, it's a very different time. <laughs> yeah, by the same token, Blizzard nineteen years ago when Jeff Kaplan joined them was uh, was a very different world too. Yeah, this is also true. No World of Warcraft, no no Overwatch, no uh... no no loot boxes. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I I feel like I kind of feel like well, no, it's not true. Starcraft. I feel like I feel like World of Warcraft was the game that kind of made Blizzard a household name. Like I knew what starcraft was i didn't play i didn't really know what warcraft was as a kid growing up like i only knew starcraft but like i didn't know it was a blizzard thing right i just i it was to me it was just it was just starcraft it wasn't until i kind of like discovered world of warcraft that i was like whoa what who are these blizzard guys yeah blizzard or sorry world of warcraft is the one that really cemented it i think like i i knew of all their properties before like diablo and starcraft and all that stuff but by the time world of warcraft came around that's when the name really got driven home yeah well let's uh let's hope let's hope all the best for mr kaplan in the future and uh see what happens um whatever that that brings now also also in the news um this is this is the important this is the important topic um that that i want to get to first so we got what was what seemed to be uh set photos from uh the new sonic movie sonic 2 and one of the most revealing things is that they they show that they had like sort of like model props that I guess were just like for like I guess like actor reference. Um, and one of the props they had was knuckles. Woo! Now this is stupid. Oh. For 
one one very important reason that they had a golden opportunity to sequence the movies the same way that they sequenced the games. You could have had Sonic 1, just Sonic, and some dumb humans running around. Then you got Sonic 2, Tails shows up. Okay, makes sense. Perfect. What do you do for Sonic 3? You bring friggin' Knuckles in! <laughs> Sonic 3 and Knuckles! That was the friggin' pole point! Well, that's... There's a point there, yeah. Oh, you're blowing the knuckles load way too early. <laughs> wow. What a, okay. loaded, what a loaded phrase. I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked the fact that, like, the echidnas were there in the first one. Like, the, the fact that they were just like, you know, okay, like, we know that they're around. But it's like, I don't know. It's just, it, 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 to bring knuckles in this early, in the second movie, like... It already it already causes this weird sort of like what's even going on because like like the echidnas being around in the first movie and wanting Sonic for unspecific reasons. I guess they wanted his like speed force. Yeah, I but don't like know what that was about yeah. Yeah, just like they just sort of like wanted him. Um, I mean, you know, I was already like not crazy. Like as much as I kind of get why they did it, you know. Like with the with the big owl that was like protecting him, mm-hmm. um, I would I I I don't I know personally I would have probably like really preferred if they had stuck with the whole like Uncle Chuck like storyline because that was a big deal like Uncle Chuck you know getting roboticized and like sort of like being the reason that like Sonic like you know has a grudge against Eggman personally. Well, I mean, Sonic's I mean, backstory is like. It's, it's not like Spider-Man's where it's, you know, Uncle Ben dies because of something that he did or did not do. And that sets Spider-Man on the path. Like Sonic's story is a lot more convoluted. We've retconned it so many times already. Not if you read the comics. It was, all, I, I mean, the but. most, I mean, the most, the most consistent thing throughout most Sonic media was that like, you know, that like, yeah, like initially you didn't know who Sonic's parents were really. Um, and like, but he was raised by his uncle Chuck and then his uncle Chuck got like captured by the bad Nicks and roboticized and Sonic was like, Oh no, you didn't. And then he joins the freedom fighters and starts like leading the, the, the fight against Robotnik. Right. Yeah. Um, I know in the comics they did bring his parents back and there was like some weird, like, like magic sword that could like, like unrobot, like they were still robots, but they had like their like humanity back i guess right, their senses like their sentience yeah so we could like free the p like free the, like the roboticized like animals with the, this magic sword it was like this like king's sword uh it had something to do with princess sally i remember it was like I some was, legacy thing i was gonna say was that a tie-in for the one wii game where they had the where you had a sword <laughs> no this was this 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 predated the sonic and the black knight by many 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 okay, years that, that was before and, i that was after I stopped reading then because I don't remember any of that part. Because well, because Sonic and the Black Knight was all like it was all like grounded in Arthurian legend too, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I think technically, the sword that Sonic gets is supposed to be Excalibur. But it's just it it just, so like yeah, like you know, it's like this weird thing about like what the Echidnas are even doing because like the whole reason that you bring Knuckles to the show is to introduce the Chaos Emeralds. 
Well, so maybe, like maybe they are. I mean, well, but that's what I, I I I want them to. I would love to see if they were if they were to do something with Supersonic in one of the movies. That would be amazing. But that definitely feels like okay. Like if you're gonna do you know uh, uh, these kinds of movies, I feel like you know if you're gonna do number two bring in tails you had jim carrey at the end of that movie looking like like exactly like robotnik like even like the way he had that like that like like the way you know robotnik's like little upper lip smile like he had it just (laughs) nailed um like bring him in in the second movie like actually like sort of establish you know the like robotnik plot of like you know, kidnapping these animals and roboticizing them and like actually like introduce all that stuff. And then if you do a third movie, that's what, you know, bring in Knuckles, bring in Metal Sonic, bring in like the bigger, like, you know, chaos kind of monsters where like you need a reason to have the emeralds kicking around and you need a reason for like Sonic to go supersonic. Yeah, I mean, there's, you, you have a point there about them accelerating the plot of the movies too fast. Like, again, I'm kind of thinking of it as, you know, they don't maybe don't know how long this is going to go on. Like, they don't know if this is going to be successful. Uh-oh. The first one was kind of a gamble, especially well, the before f- they redesigned it. So, like, maybe they're like, well, let's get Knuckles in before we run out of road on this one. Well, but that's the thing, right? Like, they, like the yeah, they, you know, they, they probably saw more success with the redesign than they might have with the original. But, like, you know, the first, like, even without the read, like, even with, you know, with or without it, like, the first movie was just, like, you know, it wasn't the best, but it was, it was good enough. Probably one of the better examples of a video game movie, especially if you're going to do something like Sonic, where it's just, like, you know, where do you pull the lore from, right? Like, well, that's the thing. Like, it's a very, it's a very good video game movie. As the movie goes, it's kind of just down the middle. Like, it's, one thing I didn't like about it was, like, how... I mean, and I did like it, I will say. But one thing I didn't like about it was that uh, the whole like middle sequence where he's just trying to be a human and all that stuff. Like specifically that part in the in the bar where they go and borrow the Quicksilver uh, X Men yeah. thing. Like that's my. Yeah. That's, I'm so tired of that trope. Well, that's but that's like that's a very like you know kids movie thing, right? Where you know like it's like person and friend go on road trip for reasons. Like you know Alvin and the Chipmunks did it. That like hop movie did it i'm pretty sure the the smurfs movie like did it too oh, they, like they all, they just, all do it but i mean like that's actually all... ironically that's the part where my daughter lost interest was actually that bar scene like she was starting to get kind of bored with it at that point well yeah it's, it's just like you know because you know i mean like granted i i i i thought it did kind of like you know in terms of the whole like meta plot where sonic was just like you know this 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 lonely dude who just wanted to wanted a friend like it works in the in the way that it was telling the story about like these two characters like bonding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you know, as as far as that goes, like, that, that's kind of why also like when I saw the set photos and I saw that um, uh, what's his name and the girl were still there, like running from something. I was just like, I was kind of just like, no, like why, like this, this, like you can, you know, you did the human stuff in the first movie. The second movie should get as far away from that shit as possible. Just focus on Sonic, like let Sonic be Sonic. Well, see, I, I, their hands are gonna tie it though. I think like they kind of have to. They grounded it so much in that connection. So if he was just gone, it'd be jarring, right? Like, no, but that's but then it's like you're introducing tails. Like now it's like not only does he have like a new friend. He's got another like animal friend and tails. I mean, like in the games, like is is his actual best friend. Like, 
now they're you know, be best been, friends too. Like they're the best friends to be best friends. It really should have just been like, you know, Tails shows up, says, okay, like Robotnik is on this planet causing all kinds of crap now. Like we need to go deal with this and then just have Tails and Sonic go to that like other planet that they left Robotnik on and actually have him like deal with that shit. I mean, to be fair, we're also drawing this from one batch of set photos too. Like this could be one scene of the movie and like this doesn't mean that James Marsden is going to be as front and center as he was the first time you know like they might not uh, be balanced the same i way. hope not I, mean, I know i know like like some of the better sonic stuff like or you know quote-unquote better sonic stuff <laughs> is, is like does have kind of like you know urban settings and stuff like that like you know city i mean city escape is argu- arguably one of the best levels of sonic ever you know and that that whole thing is on this like weird like san francisco area that is one of the best levels they ever made. Uh, I mean, so I, I would I would argue Sonic Sonic Adventure Battle Two might be the best Sonic ever made. Oh, um, well, I would not. I would I would not argue that. Like um, with, with, with 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 probably second only to like Sonic Generations. My personal ranking is Sonic and Knuckles Three, uh, then probably Sonic Adventure Two, and then Generations. But. Really, you put that below. I mean, because like I feel like you got you got to judge the 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 Genesis Sonics a little bit differently. Because I mean, like if that were the case, and I would just say like Sonic Mania is the best Sonic ever made. Well, I mean that's the thing too, right? Like that's a good point. Like you're each kind of separate, and each one of those ones I just said is kind of different because you know Sonic Sonic and three Sonic and Knuckles three is like that's pure three D. Sonic Adventure two is the pure or sorry pure two D. Sonic Adventure two is pure three D, and Generations just does both. Well, yeah, but I think that's why for me, I would say Generations goes would go first because it's such a it's such a like perfect blend of like the the like the good modern 3D Sonic like the it's the best it's the best or or I would say most well designed version of like 3D Sonic and you know, and then you have the classic Sonic ver- like levels that just play so well, right? Oh, and even yeah. just like the reinventions of like yeah, like City Escape and um and like the and like the what was it the Clock Tower Run and like the or Rooftop Run um you know like those like those like modern like contemporary Sonic levels <laughs> redesigned I'm also, for. I'm also thinking of like a nostalgia here because like I played those other two games a lot more than Generations just because of the time they came out, so. Oh yeah, no. When when uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I played I played the crap out of three uh, out of um like Genesis Sonic, but like when when um Generations came out, like I don't think I I didn't I I didn't one hundred percent it in the sense that like I I went and got all the achievements, but like I like could not stop playing that game for like weeks and weeks and weeks. Like, I mean, like I got every red coin in the in the game. Like I got like I did all this like extra stuff to like get like Super Sonic unlocked and everything like. That yeah, game gets so much more fun when you when you get to the supersonic like unlock. Yeah, it was definitely a solid. I don't I don't remember much about that part because that's just I mean that was like I said I didn't play very much compared to the other ones. But uh, uh, actually, our fr- friend of the show Reina uh, had, a, had said it perfectly. The this movie better have Escape from the City on the soundtrack. Oh my god, yes! I better hear that theme somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was a little I was actually a little bummed. I'll I'll be honest when um when uh in the first movie when sonic got his shoes and like there wasn't like you know like a like dun, 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 like moments like they actually used the theme or like the one up theme or something like actually made a point to like get it in like i was happy i mean i was 
I was bummed through it for the most part, but I was like a little bit happy when they got the like John Batista like jazz version of of Green Hill Zone at like the very end of the movie. Right. Yeah. This because because I I listened to the jazz station in in uh, in, in Toronto, right. 91.1 Jazz FM, and they actually play that song like you know pretty frequently. Like it's on their rotation. Really? So it's always nice to hear it. That's nice. Um, yeah, right. That's what I mean. I was a little bummed to not hear like yeah, like more Sonic like music in the in the thing. So yeah, I, I'm definitely hoping they get some more because you know. But then again, this would have been a great like if you're gonna do Sonic two the movie, this would have been a great opportunity to actually have like you know some of the like more notable. Uh, like like zones in there, right? Like, yeah, like you know, if 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 Robotnik had like taken over this new planet, like make that the plot, then you know you would have had a a reason to put like chemical plant zone in there, or you know, um, <laughs> Aztec ruins was a really good one in Sonic too. Oh, my back's up when you say chemical plant zone. Like... Oh man, you know, everyone, you know what? Chemical plant zone. Every you know, everyone, everyone shudders at the thought of it but you know what it's it's one of the most timid of like the water hazard levels it's just that one part it's just that one part yeah but that part is so easily avoidable if you know what to do it, it draws me in every time I, I try to avoid it every single time and i end up there it's just it, but i mean I that but that but that soundtrack man like great song yeah that it's so bumping man um yeah one kind of last thought too like this could be any scene that would be too right like so maybe they're they have to do something in the real world to get him out of that at least because he's so grounded in the real world after that first movie like he fit in there like something has to jar him out of that so this could be like like i i get the sense this is either like like inciting incident scene or like a, a climactic scene just based on like that, yeah, shot, that shot of them running that looks like a finale like a big epic conclusion scene to me yeah sorry i was a little distracted i saw a fox outside my window oh damn I was like, yo, tails. I love little, fo- yeah, I don't know. There's, there's, there's so many little foxes that just like walk around my neighborhood. I love it. Um, awesome. Yeah. Um, tails is out there for you. Yeah, I know. I should go get them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, and, and that's what they do. And, you know, people were very quick to point that out online. Like, you know, if we just wrap this, uh, wrap this whole, this thing up, um, you know, that this, that realistically, like, those, you know, those, like even like those, like those, like models, you know, like are just like for like reference. So it's like, we don't really know how they're going to even be like incorporated in the movie. So like, it could, it could be like nothing or it could be something or it could be nothing. Right. Like knuckles could be there for no reason other than to troll the people hanging around the set. You know, like this could be a red herring. Well, I was, I was cheesed. I looked at the model and he didn't have the red or the white ring around his neck. And I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't start a petition. Everyone got all mad about Sonic's blue arms, but what the hell is this? That design was whack. No, you know what? I, I, I actually liked it. I think it makes, it makes a little bit more sense. Cause I didn't, I didn't, people got a little upset about it in, in Sonic Boom when he had the blue arms. And I was just like, I was like, like, it, it kind of makes more sense. Like, why does he have this, like, weird, like, tank top of fur? Yeah, hedgehogs aren't like that. Like, I mean, you know, I know obviously he's not a realistic hedgehog, but... Well, you know what I think? I think the thing is that, like, in terms of, like, sprite design, it makes more sense because, like, you know, it's like, like the colors offset each other. So, like, it right. makes... It makes him stand out, or makes his features stand out a little bit more. But when you move him into three D, like it's kind of not necess- It's not really necessary. 
like especially when you have the white gloves to sort of like break up the blue and then you know he's got the little like peach patch of fur in the middle like he's got things that are breaking up his color scheme yeah so like in 3d it actually makes a little bit more sense for his arms to just be blue right because it like better suits like his design Mm -hmm. that's true yeah i know it is that's why i said it (laughs) (laughs) all right um one of the last things we'll talk about here before, because I know you got some game stuff you want to talk about, uh, and I kind of want to talk about it too with you. Uh, we got we got a little surprise announcement. I'm happy about it that uh, a Fuji Film is uh, kind of teaming up with Nintendo to release this uh, this this little printer called the Ins- Instax. Instax. Or Instax. Yeah. Instax. Uh, so it's like a little mobile printer that you could like connect to your phone. And it'll it'll print out little like Polaroids, which feels like a very nice. It seems like they're they're gearing it up specifically to release it with, or I guess alongside, um, Pokemon Snap. Uh, whether now um, I'm not is this is this actually coming? Because I know that I know that this thing has existed in Japan. Well, I mean, while. the Instax is actually available. I, I believe it's available worldwide already, but. Is it, I, because I've, I've just, I've just, because I've never seen it. They, Fuji, Fuji Film has a lot of Polaroid type things. Like, you know, back when you would go into a store, just kind of browse around. I used to see them a lot of like Chapters and Walmart even. Like, they, they sell a lot of these Polaroid based products. And I, you know, I, I, I haven't noticed this one specifically, but I also don't go looking at the Polaroid stuff. I have a DSLR. I don't need that. Um, <laughs> Oh, but, okay. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I was just I was just looking at a at like I was just looking at the website, and I you know what my my cousin actually has this this like Instax camera. Um, I just I did I guess I just didn't realize that's what it was. Yeah. So like, actually, if someone got my daughter like a one of their other models, like a it was almost, it was almost like a disposable Polaroid camera, just for just for something her to screw around with. But mm-hmm. um, so there's there are already two different colors of this printer out. But for the thirtieth, like for, for Pokemon Snap, they're releasing a new white color, um, and it and comes then, with like a little Pikachu sleeve. Well, that that's a special edition that's coming coming out later in May for fifty okay, bucks. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the <laughs> app is the app is the big part though. The app is the what's going to make it uh, so that your 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 phone can scan in the QR codes from the Switch uh, hardware and load your pictures into your phone, where you can then edit them, like, like zoom in and like put frames and stuff. And then send it to the printer. So, oh, okay, yeah, because I just I, I just thought it would just run through like Nintendo's already, like because Nintendo already has that like set up right where you can just like scan the QR, QR codes and then send it to your phone. So I just yeah, figured it would just link to your phone. There, there's a demo thing where they on, on YouTube. I, I linked to it mm-hmm. in an article about it, and uh, yeah, so you you like you pull up the QR code on on the Switch like you would like now, uh, but you scan it into the Fujifilm Instax app, which is coming out on the thirtieth. And then that loads it in, and you know you can go from there. Yeah, let's. Uh, so I mean, I mean, for all you, for all you, if any of you, uh, you know, listeners are are under the age of, let's say, uh, twenty seven, um, you might not remember that this was a this was a big deal when the original Pokemon Snap came out, um, specifically in blockbusters where you would take your memory card to the Blockbuster and load up your photos from, from Pokemon Snap, and then you could print off, like, little, like, you know, uh, like, photo booth, like, print reels of your, you know, of your Pokemon Snaps. Um, 
and I, I honestly like it's such a cool thing because like it, it was something that I wasn't like even thinking about because like um as much as I was like lamenting the loss of that that whole like feature because it was sort of a little fun thing that you could do um it's the way that the switch is so well designed to like incorporate um like social media posting it just didn't seem like necessary you know what i mean it was just like oh you're, you take a picture on pokemon snap you can just like load it to twitter in like five seconds or just like yeah like send it to your phone and put it on instagram in like five seconds but the fact that there's like a little apparatus now that lets you print out your your photos um i don't know it kind of makes me smile it's a it's a neat little homage i mean it's not price friendly um, the Instax, like they're like the refill things are like 22 bucks or so for 20 sheets, but it's, it, it's a neat little thing. Like I, I, I'm kind of, I kind of want to get that myself just for like novelty's sake, you know? Yeah. All right. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> I mean, like I, I didn't have the N64, so I didn't play snap in its own time. But, uh, what I was thinking of was the Game Boy printer and the Game Boy camera when I saw this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I you know never had them, but uh, I knew of them, and uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, same here. I mean, yeah, but like you know, the, the fact that this came out sort of like in the wake of Pokemon Snap, um, that was the. I mean, but surely you went to Blockbuster and you saw those Pokemon Snap like photo booths. Uh, at the time, actually, I went to Rogers a lot back when Rogers oh, used to rent s- videos. Screw you! There wasn't a Blockbuster near me. Look, I wasn't. Look uh, at you. I'm I'm farther away from Toronto, but you know where the sun rises and sets in Ontario. So I didn't. Uh, <laughs> Blockbuster we, 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 we was had Rogers, we had Microplay and Jumbo Video, depending on what part of the city you were in. So I was not. Uh, Blockbuster didn't come See, till later. We had we had a Jumbo Video and then a Blockbuster and then Jumbo Video ended up going out of business because everyone was going to Blockbuster. They're pretty um, much they're pretty much gone. But I will say, shout out to Jumbo Video in London, Ontario. You're still kicking and you're still awesome. Oh, they're still around. Yeah, uh, they're allied with uh, with Microplay. Actually, they're kind of a combined thing, so they're both kind of existing here. And, do, they, uh, do they still have the free popcorn? They sure do. Well, I mean, oh, man. you know, they depending on COVID times, but yeah. I used to hear such horror stories about that. People would be like, "Oh, I don't get the popcorn. People spit in it and shit. It's disgusting." Oh, I mean, people I was like, I don't care. It's free popcorn. <laughs> Just don't tell me that. Yeah, it's not hard for me to know about it. Enough butter and salt on it, it'll be fine. <laughs> the butter and salt purify everything else. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the salt just kills all the germs. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious if this will expand to other things though. Like if I add more frames and stuff, because as, as it comes now, the apps going to include Animal Crossing, Pokemon Snap, and Mario frames. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, in terms of like fr- you know, just like frame stuff, it's like you know, that's all well and good. But I feel like the the main like sort of like purpose of it, especially with like certain games that sort of like a lot, like give you those features as well. Um, just to be able to sort of like put out your own, like print your like little like Nintendo photos. I think, you know, I think people will find a, find a, a use enough for it, even without like little, like, like additional like frames and stuff. Cause yeah, like sure. you could even like, uh, what was it? Like, um, I think like uh, Pokemon sword and shield, like you can add like frames and stuff to, to, pictures i think at least for, for, with your with your um your trainer card yeah i was thinking of the trainer cards for sure i'm, I'm not sure your screenshots but uh yeah not, you know there's not a photo feature in that as well is there no, no. i've been playing a lot more recently and uh, no that's not in there but um yeah yeah it's a neat little thing oh. and it's worth noting too that the app is compatible with uh, like existing models of this printer so if you happen to find one on sale that's not pokemon themed you know it's still it's still good 
yeah there you go priceful price wise alternative yeah i mean i might i might think about it it's it's super cute i like it and you're not you're not all, you're not at all excited for Pokemon Snap, so I mean, it might be a tough. No, story. not even a little bit. <laughs> so, I'm I'm actually, I'm actually I'm actually I've I've pre-reviewed the game and I've already given it a two out of ten because I saw a tree that I didn't think had enough pixels. Or my and, favorite uh, Pokemon's not in it, so two out of ten. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't like it. They 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 didn't they didn't bring in the national decks. You know, oh god, yeah. So it's just, it's yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a nah from me, dog. Um, they didn't custom to, build a, a scenario for all eight hundred or nine hundred Pokemon. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't hand animate every single Pokemon and and balance them perfectly and make them all suitable for competitive play, and, and therefore and give them full it is balanced each for the for the photo decks like. And, the and, last week. and make a and make a you know and make an open world game until they did, and I'm still not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking pokemon fans the worst <laughs> but uh but what, moving what, what, what's the saying no one hates pokemon more than pokemon fans yeah, no one hates pokemon fandom, really more than pokemon fans but uh but 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 moving on we were we were talking briefly about about video games and um <laughs> you actually played some stuff this I have, week i have to play some new stuff this week yeah it's uh very excited about one of them pretty particular that came out today as, as we're recording. Uh, it's called Smelter from Dengen Entertainment. Uh, I first saw the trailer about a month ago when they, when they announced the release date and uh, copy right away because it kind of had a Metroidvania theme in the trailer, um, but also also features this uh, this top-down strategy mode, which was kind of interesting. So you kind of go back between these two play styles. So the, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. The premise of the game is that you play as Eve, like the biblical Eve. Um, Adam eats the apple and disappears, and she gets, you know, she gets oh shit, she gets lost along the way. And uh, hashtag feminism. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> and she she ends up uh, allying with this entity called Smelter, which needs her help to kind of restore its power and its empire. Um, so you alternate between the, like the two phases, like I mentioned. So you, you you go through these platforming levels, which are more now that I played it, it's more like Mega Man than Metroid. Um, the trailer made it look like a lot like a, like a Metroidvania, but the way it's set up, it's a lot more like going into like a Mega Man level um, than you know backtracking and, and all the other Metroid hallmarks. Um, and uh, as you go, you pick up tokens and you know beat, beat up enemies and make yourself stronger, unlock, unlocking new abilities and whatnot. Um, but there's also these trials scattered throughout the throughout the game as well. So like you'll you'll find like a like a hidden area somewhere, pop into it, and it's like okay, well don't get hit. Go through this obstacle course. Don't get hit. Sounds easy, right? But mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, for instance, there's one. There's one level I played this. I played earlier today where there's a bunch of worms that kind of cut to the level, and if you touch one, it's like instant death. So the, okay, so kind of kind of throws you into this scenario, and then and then there's a trial which takes it to the next level. So you you, you go into this trial area, and it's all the worms. Like so, you have to go to this obstacle course, and like you know, the spikes that that kill you instantly if you touch them. So you have to like dodge the spikes while also dodging these worms that just cut across the path you're going down. Um, for for one okay. instance, there's 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 other there's other themes like one is uh, don't get spotted. So like one trial you have to like, go through and not get caught by the enemies, which mm-hmm. I actually it's the only one I've, I've beaten in one try coincidentally. But uh, it's oh a, so it's a uh, Mega Man's a good comparison actually because it it has that kind of brutal edge that Mega Man used to have. Um, I mean I'm I'm not the biggest fan of the NES Me- uh, Mega Man games. Like I've always found them kind of 
I don't know. That, that never really been my style. Like I, I like. Yeah, I was gonna say, the, like, watch, watch your tone, good <laughs> sir. <laughs> and, yeah, no, like I didn't like how hard they were as a kid, and like now they feel kind of janky and stuff. But um, unlike those games, you you have checkpoints, and there's no lives to worry about. So like, if you get stuck on a crappy part in one of these levels, like you just can't, you can go back without having to restart everything over again, um, except for the trials. Um, but then it's. it's it's weird because like the way you're describing it it, it, it almost sounds to me like it's 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 like disjointed. Like how does it how does all these do these elements actually kind of like like do they fit together nicely or does it just sort of like okay you know you're now you're in the explore exploration phase okay now you're in the Mega Man phase now you're in the top down phase like that's that's a good point actually because I was during that worm trial actually that one took me a while to get through. And uh, halfway through, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in the middle of a level right now. <laughs> like, this is like the second of three available trials in this stage. Now, they're optional. You don't have to do them all, but you get better rewards and stuff if you do. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so I was like, yeah, I'm halfway through a level. And, like, I want to, like, if I want to stop playing for whatever reason, like, I have to finish this level and save and stuff. Um, so, so far, it's been pretty good. So, like, like, after the first level, you go to the overworld to kind of learn how that strategy game works a little bit kind of runs you through like part of a tutorial for it and then you unlock the next level and you have to go into that and beat that to get you know the next upgrade for smelter that's going to let you get to the next you know so on and so forth um it's it's like the overworlds to the action stage part is actually pretty balanced so far like um you know i'm i'm, I'm at the end of the first world so to speak and um you know so far it's been pretty well balanced um, there's still two more worlds at least to go through. So we'll see how it is after that. But uh, I, I was a little concerned about that. And so far it's only disjointed to me when I get stuck, like in a particularly hard trial, I'm like, oh yeah, I have to shift gears now and go back into this actual level. That doesn't feel as difficult by comparison. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a really cool concept though. Like it's really well, like the action is really fun to play already. Like, and I've only had the basic abilities. Um, like if I unlock an error dash, I'm going to feel like a God. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Cause like right, right out of the box, like you can like wall jump and you know, clink the walls and stuff like that. And then like one of the earlier upgrades is that you can just stop sliding while you're on a wall. So you can, you can kind of hang out there indefinitely. And that is just a small little change that redefines how you platform through a level. Oh yeah. And just let's like, go ahead. That's like the, like the like one of the key things about these kinds of games. It's like you know it's something I'm, I noticed like with some of the like you know uh, like more like Metroid-y kind of like games that I or even like you know going back to like um, like Cyber Shadow right like like giving giving the player like mobility options in games like this like where you know like you're you're sort of like incentivized to move around and and like explore different areas or even just like the, the you know the way platforming works like it really does completely like change the game yeah like even just there's a small little thing like just in the way that i was able to push off the wall it, 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 I'm, I'm having a hard time describing it but like i i realized that i could just kind of fall off the wall instead of pushing off and jumping and stuff and that alone just changed how i approached like a certain area i was in yeah um, so the, pl- the platforming and the combat are on point and even the strategy game itself is kind of fun so far i'm still in the tutorial phases of that but it's a nice little change of pace um, and the trials I've heard are get pretty brutal later on. So like, it's, this, this is a good game for Like if you enjoy a challenge, I think. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a cool little, uh, small time thing. You know, it's nice to play something that's outside the norm like this. Like, like I said, I was going into it expecting a Metroidvania and I'm actually kind of pl- pleasantly surprised that it's different in this way. Yeah. 
like I, I love Metroidvanias and stuff. And, you know, historically, I'm not a big fan of the Mega Man format, except for like the ZX and Zero games. But uh, yeah, no, I'm really enjoying this one so far. So look for the review on that soon. Yeah, well, hopefully. I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I, I Maybe I look into it. I don't know. I'm still playing a lot of Monster Hunter right now, so... I've heard that from a lot of few people, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's where all my time goes. Oh, shit, you know what? Speaking of speaking of cool, like, uh, game announcements that we didn't even really mention, too, is they're bringing, they're bringing over the, uh, the legendary, like, Ace Attorney series. Yeah, this is something I didn't know existed. I think like, I don't I haven't played the Ace Attorney games myself, but uh you know, just passionately familiar with them through the culture and stuff. But uh this is seems like a big deal for fans of that for sure. Oh yeah, no, I mean I this was one of those ones where yeah, like I I uh I had known about it because like I was such a huge I've been such a huge uh Ace Attorney fan and like yeah, like this was what I saw like where like it was like, Oh, it's gonna be set in like, you know, like like ancient Japan kind of thing, like like you know, or like, you know, like maybe like the eighteen hundreds. And I was like, oh, that's like, like, that's a really cool idea. Like they did such a cool sort of like, you know, neat way of like reinventing how like, you know, trials work with the Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright games, right? And you're, you're in like a fantasy setting and you can't use like, like, you know, photo evidence and stuff. You have, so you have like the way you approach trials is totally different. Um, and now we got that coming out. That's going to be so fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause it, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the Sherlock Holmes style, like that time frame, right? Like. Oh yeah, of, uh, yeah, kind of. Just in like Japan, of course. Yeah, that. If you, uh, it's, it's on, it's on. Like they have the trilogy on Switch, and they they often go on sale. Like when just like like Capcom does like a huge sale every like couple of months. Uh, yeah, highly, my, highly, uh, highly recommend them. My my good friend who was a big Xbox person. Uh, that's the one reason she wants a Switch. Like most is for those games to be collected. So I sent her the announcement for the for this package going like, hey, it's still not on Xbox. It's on everything but. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> now all I got to do is bring uh, Apollo Justice to, to the mix and we'll have everything we ever wanted. <laughs> Speaking of games you like, I've also been playing a little bit. I haven't got too far in it yet because it's still a ways off from release, but I've been playing a little bit of the Shimigami Tensei 3 Nocturne. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a first 15 video up on our YouTube channel, actually, uh, you can check out. Yeah, check it out. But um, I, I game, left in the uh, I left in the, the ten minutes that it took you to write a name for your character. Listen, listen. <laughs> I am a lore person, so I had to Google the uh, the, uh, the the canon name of the protagonist. I really, I really editor to to cover for me. But I thought about it, and I was like, I'm like, like part of me was laughing because I was like, oh my god, this is taking forever. But then at the same time, I was just like, I was like. Eh, you know it's an rpg they start off really slow thematically <laughs> it's accurate <laughs> so i decided to leave it in i was pushing a star wars screen wipe to the completed name form but uh, it's, fine. it's fine um yeah no it's a. Uh, i'm not familiar very much with the shimigami tensei and persona series like i've never, I've never played a proper shimigami tensei and i've only played uh, persona 4 gordon and a bit of uh persona 5 mm-hmm. um but even from like the early stages of this, it's interesting to see, you know, well, I, the, the the press release was kind of saying that this is the foundation of the form that everyone knows uh, to to, an, to a degree, and uh, I can I can already kind of see it in the demon negotiations and and things like that. Yeah, that was like you know, uh, Nocturne was actually the first Shin Megami Tensei that I ever played, um, 
and yeah, like I, uh, I really liked it. I, th- I always thought it had a really great sense of style. Um, I never, I never really encountered a game like it before where like, yeah, like you didn't get like traditional party members or even like a game that's kind of like, you know, like a monster capture game that wasn't like Pokemon where you just like, you know, throw something at something and just have it like, you know, you have to, you really have to figure out in the battle, like how to make these, these characters want to join your team. So there is like this like extra level of strategy on top of it being a really solid RPG. Um, and uh, it was sort of a thing back in the day, too, about, like, Atlas games just being these, like, punishingly difficult games. Like, to the point where just, like, like a running joke amongst gamers was just, like, it's an Atlas game. Nobody's, like, nobody's beaten it. <laughs> that, actually, to speak to that point, uh, I was assured that there is a easy difficulty, which is available as free DLC. So, uh, no is shame. Is it free DLC? I was, looking on, I was looking at this, this store, and it looked like it was paid. I believe it was. I might be wrong, but I could have swore there was like because there's a bunch of DLC, and I thought like it was like the easy difficulty had like a five dollar price tag on it. Let me double check. Uh, I know it was part of the package they sent us. Because 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 I, I was a little cheesed when I when the in, in the initial announcement that was saying that the, that the Dante like inclusion was going to be paid DLC because I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. Like he was just in the game, like because it came out around the same time that Devil May Cry Two had come out. So like putting Dante in things was like a big deal. He was also in Beautiful Joe for some reason. <laughs> I, 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 saw, Capcom. I saw earlier that uh, there's actually Sony or Sega released a, a like a clean version of that sticker. Uh, the featuring uh, featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. They released, they yeah. released a clean version of that as a meme, essentially. Um, let's see here. I'm looking at it on Steam because it's the easiest thing that comes up. I believe but it's it- free DLC though. Okay, uh, maybe maybe I just maybe I was wrong. I just saw something else because there's like there's like there's like three different DLC packs. Yeah, so uh, yeah, merciful merciful difficulty is free. Um, the maniacs pack, I believe, is the one that has Dante. Yeah, that's the one that has that's like the original version supposedly. Um, that I believe is part of the deluxe edition, the the digital deluxe. Um, but you so- can buy it separately, I think. I think if you buy the digital deluxe, it'll just like it'll just come with it. But if you buy the standard version, you can just pay like thirteen bucks for it and and get it. Uh, let me pull up the version. Uh, let's see. They had a slide about this too. One sec. Yeah, but while while you're doing that, um, I will say like this. It's just it's it's it, it really is so like neat to see it. Um, it, it's it's such a blast from the past because even just like sort of watching the footage from when you were playing it. Um, like it's. It's it's remarkable to me, like one of those things of, about like that like era of like PlayStation Two and even like GameCube games, where like graphically they they really they really do like hold up. You know what I mean? So I was just like looking at it, and it's just like it just it like to say that it looks like a GameCube game, like it's not like it's a dig on the game. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it just it looks it just looks so like it just looks so good. Like it just looks like 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 one of those like really good like retro three D games um yeah so like how how does it look like i i haven't uh, done like a screen to screen comparison of it like i haven't seen how it looks like side by side with the original version but how did it look uh to you from the from the, from the footage we had to me i mean like as as far as it just being like an hd remaster of it like it looks about as good as i remember it looking because because again like it was one of those games that like that had like it it it, it did like style over you know like substance so like it was never really, as far as I can remember, it was never really like a, a, a like a graphically like intensive game. So it always it always just had this really good like art style, and it looks almost like as good as I remember it looking. 
it's a it's a very stylized game. Like I I felt nostalgic for the era of just playing it. Like like I said, like I didn't play at the time, but I, I played my share of like you know similar games on the PS2. And oh yeah, it, it it did kind of feel like I was stepping into something that I had spent a lot of time with. Just just the feel of like kind of had that um, almost like a Silent Hill feel in, in, in the exploration of it. Anyways, like well, you know, it's it's it might it, it might even be silly to say it, but like as I was as I was watching the footage, like the first thing that came to mind for me was Killer Seven. And I was like, uh, it was it was that thing that made me go like, man, like there were so many just good looking games on like the PS2 and like and like yeah, like the GameCube as well. Now that that being said, I mean it does feel to me very much like a PS2 game still. Like it doesn't feel as updated and polished in terms of like how the game feels uh, as other HD remasters do. But um, you know, I mean, like Final Fantasy X HD kind of had that too, right? Like the you know. They didn't change that uh, kind of bulldozery way that you move through an area in that game either. So I yeah, think- and 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 that's like that's a thing where you know you could you could possibly leave that up to like like the yeah like stylistic choice like you know how much redesign are you are you gonna do because like it really is one of those like you know bygone RPGs that just like sort of felt and played a very specific way. So I mean I, I guess in terms of like like game feel. Maybe just, just like leaving it the way it was was probably the best decision. Yeah, definitely. It's it's because like, as far as I can remember, it's it is it is a pretty like linear game too. Like the way that the dungeons are kind of like laid out, like aren't like really like intense. Or it, it's not like it, it's not, it. As far as as much as I can remember, it's like it, it's not like it has like a like a seamless like world to explore. You kind of just like move from like dungeon to dungeon. Yeah, like I, I can only really speak for the hospital area that you kind of start out in, um, but yeah, that's very linear. Like you really have to go to point A to get to point B to you know kind of backtrack to the hospital, do this, talk to that person, do a lot the next thing. Um, yeah, it's it's very stylized that way. So I mean the the floaty PS2 controls make sense, but just don't go into this expecting it to be you know that modernized. It's like they've touched the graphics up and stuff, but it's still. It still is. It still plays like it. So if you if you love the PSD version, you're still going to, you know, it's not going to be like radically changed that way. No, and and, and like I was saying too, right? Like that, that, I think that's that's one of those things that like, it's it's it it definitely makes it like a product of its time and not like in a bad way. So like yeah, like a lot of like 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 modern RPGs are very optimized and very like you know they, they there's a lot of like quality of life stuff that just came from you know an evolution of gaming, mm-hmm. but like you know this sort of like more you know like patient kind of just like slower paced rpg like this is how it used to be guys like <laughs> and <laughs> just 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 chill <laughs> it's, it's not when you're playing it's, it's this. persona 5 it's not that yeah fast paced it's stylish it's very slow just just roll with it I'm, I'm, I'm telling you you will enjoy it and very bleak too i mean it's uh oh it's crazy bleak just that first oh like i did it make it yeah. into the into the first fifteen where you uh, where like what happens to your protagonist? Um, like the change. You know what? I may have, I may have cut it just because like spoilers. Like stuff. that's that's not not well not even spoilers. Just like just in terms of just like how long it was running. Mm. But, um, uh, like the you know it's 
Oh, the the protagonist's face is plastered all over the marketing for us. Like, like you know what you're going to look like for most of the game, and you don't start out that way. Um, so you know something's going to happen to you, and then yeah, I was just like, yeah. oh god, this is just like I was cringing almost at like what happens is that the, just the way they did it in that old PS2 style way. It's just like, oh, this is just bleak. Like I'm just <laughs> like the like your protagonist is so silent too. Like there's no real reaction on your end too, which made it worse somehow yeah no it, 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 it's it's something that, that i think is like it's very um it's very uh like intrinsic to like a lot of like japanese games and like japanese like rpgs like that uh that kind of dealt with with like this 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 sort of like theme of like annihilation like i think it, which like kind of like it's it's almost like kind of like akira-esque in that way yeah, like yeah actually that's a good point you know so yeah no it's it's cool <laughs> definitely interesting big jrpg fans you'll should find a meaty system here to get into but uh it's not going to be sunshine and, and rainbows and come on joker let's get him <laughs> type thing no yeah no it's it's very yeah it's very uh but also you know that was it was the time too because i mean even like you know going back to like uh the fact that dante from devil may cry in it is is you know is is in it um he's it's also the dante from like the most bleak devil may cry that ever came out so like <laughs> Just because that was the everywhere. that was the era, yeah, that was the edge era, right? Even Dante didn't escape it. <laughs> Especially he Dante. wasn't always he wasn't always a jokey jokester. <laughs> <laughs> there was one game where, yeah, he got uh, he got pretty edgy. But uh, yeah, I believe that uh, free DLC or that uh, easy mouse easy mode merciful mode is uh, is free DLC depending on or like regardless of the other version of the game you get. So don't be afraid to. To, to give that a go if you want to check this out and are intimidated by the legend of the game yeah no there's there's no shame no shame in uh in going on easy mode games games are meant to be fun also as much as they are meant to be challenging and you're gonna you're gonna need the help having fun with this game because it's not <laughs> you know it's, oh, yeah, it's, no, it's, 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 a, it's a good system but it doesn't mean it's a fun experience it's well that's but that you know that just that just that's that's all your uh like what your definition of fun is right like sure. you know if you're like sure. me and you and you and you think that Bloodborne is like like Dark Souls is like genuinely fun because of how like punishing it is, then you're gonna get then you're gonna get something out of this because yeah, it is a punishing RPG. Like it is it does it does not it does not mess around. <laughs> I because I remember I remember even when I got uh, the first time I played it, um I think it was the it was the uh, like the the uh, it might be the boss that you were like had to like like it was like part of the preview embargo. Mm-hmm. It was um, um, oh, what is it called? He was basically a skeleton, but he was dressed like one of those guys, like a bullfighter. I forget his, I forget what his his care his name was, and he was like, he's like the second boss in the game, and like he brick walled us so hard <laughs> when we played it the first time that we literally just like stopped playing it, wow. <laughs> and then it wasn't until like like a year or two later that I went back and played the game and actually kind of like like paid more attention to like how the game played that i was actually able to beat him finally but that's what i mean like it was like the second boss in the game actually made us like stop playing it for a year like it was like he it was so hard when's the last time a game's done that to you now like oh i can't even i literally can't even remember like most games nowadays are just so like they're they're just made to be accessible, right? Like the the kids' gloves are on in a lot of games. Yeah, that's true. 
yeah and it's just it's just it's just kind of the point of them now like just to 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 reach as as wide an audience as possible i mean it's not necessarily a bad thing either but uh just the way things are no no yeah i mean like you really yeah really it is it is net positive like how how are you slice it like just the fact that more people could can actually like play a game but yeah there was there was a time there was a period of time where like yeah if you if you if you legitimately did not get good then you just weren't playing this game <laughs> it wasn't for you no that was it like that was just it you were just done like ninja gaiden on nes oh you know what even i would say even ninja gaiden was probably a little bit more forgiving you could get past the first like two levels pretty pretty easily it wasn't until they started like actually got to like the later levels that they started really ramping it up well uh ninja turtles let's come back to last week too like uh the nes one <laughs> yeah yeah but that was but that one's not that that one's not hard like on purpose that's just well, that's hard because it's bad game design <laughs> well, that's on purpose too <laughs> You know what I mean? I feel like Ninja Gaiden was a little bit more intentional in the way it it was designed. It was definitely more intentional. That's a good point. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> no, yeah. it's no easier. Anyways. Like you say, yeah, Castlevania, same thing, right? Like the, its enemy placement is is done with a lot of intention. Well, there's 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 two uh, difficult games to for for those of you who are looking for a, uh, a bit of a challenge. I ha- I have heard that the yeah. later phases of Smelter are like punishing, so. Well, might be a uh, might be fun to 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 get on stream and give people a, give, give people a good look at that. <laughs> I was thinking about it actually, yeah. But uh, I think that's a perfect place to end this podcast. So, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, if you stuck with us this long, I know we ran a little lo- a little long on this one, but that's what happens when me and Chris get together on a podcast. We just can't shut our goddamn mouths. Don't want to keep us in check. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This, this could run for two hours if we really wanted it to, but who wants to listen to that? That's all on Dana for not... <laughs> yeah. That's... yeah, I blame her. Dana, if you're listening, this is all your fault. <laughs> if you uh, if you want to read about anything that we talked about today, you can check that out at uh, cgmagonline.com. Uh, if you want to check us out on the socials, uh, cgmagonline across all platforms. Uh, like I said at the start of this podcast, please you know share this with your friends, spread it around on social, let, let people know how to find this you know we'll we'll do our our part uh if you know and we just we just we're just asking you guys to do yours and uh like i said if you want to email us about anything we talked about or if you have any questions you know about about games or you know relationship advice we'll do you know we'll, we'll 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 talk to you about whatever you know if you're thinking about getting a new car just 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 <laughs> send us an email send me an email jordan biordi j-o-r-d-a-n b-i o-r-d-i at cgmagonline.com and I will do my best to answer as much as I can Uh, pixels and ink and life advice yeah exactly we'll do a little (laughs) we'll do a little new segment the life advice segment with pixels and ink we're listening if you want to uh, oh my god no one's going to get that reference but me and you (laughs) (laughs) you know nowadays it is like yeah I don't know it's kind of like a joke in certain parts of the internet but uh, we're we're digressing again (laughs) yeah exactly Uh, if you want to uh, if you want to check me out on social media you can find me on twitter at ninja jordan underscore and if you want to find me on youtube you can check me out at ninja jordan reviews 
Chris, where are you these days? Uh, you can find my Fraser Season 11 live tweets at Jesus uh, Christ. At Hoogathy. That's H O O G A T H Y. No, not really. But uh, <laughs> I am almost done rewatching that whole entire series because 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 lockdowns. Uh, or you can also find me on Twitch at Guild Two Taps. Yeah, well, and uh, you know, thanks again for uh, for listening. Uh, definitely stay inside and stay safe. You know, things are things are getting bad out there, so just just be as careful as you can. Um, double up on the masks guys you got to do it it's we, especially now man third wave variants double mask even triple mask you know what i i kind of thought like oh double masking that what, what's what, you know, what's that going to be like so i tried it and I actually i'd like it a lot more than single mask no it's yeah no it's it's so much it's much much better like and it, it's like it's like what are you complaining about honestly it's like it's just two thin pieces of cloth like you know no one's exactly strapping a brick to your face and telling you to breathe through it like but uh, but anyway, just stay safe out there, guys. Honestly, uh, we know things are getting really hard, uh, and we, we just want all y'all to, to to be as as careful as you can, so we can all get through this together. And uh, definitely, so keep 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 safe, stay inside, and keep listening to great podcasts by great people.